Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. It's time again on the Nick Brown Show. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. And a good morning to you, Lynn, as you're traveling to the plains of East Alabama to watch Auburn and Vanderbilt. That's right. I'll be in the press box within the next uh, hour, ready for the Vanderbilt-Auburn game, uh, a, a significant game, as there are a number of games that are significant. we got a full slate with eight uh, games this week, and um, really uh, some of the games are really big even on, on a national scene, but all of them have, uh, have implications for, uh, for teams as far as being bowl-ready. I want to talk about one uh, right off the bat. That's going to be at Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington, Kentucky. Man, Stoops, you're ready to put him on the hot seat. What does he do? He goes to Missouri, and the Wildcats get a big victory. And now Kirby Smart. This season couldn't have gone any worse for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Perhaps maybe they miss Mark Rick now. And this is a big game for Kirby Smart. Yeah, and for Kentucky both. Hey, the season gets a lot worse if, uh, Kentucky, if, if Georgia loses. Uh, by winning today, if they can... Uh, Kentucky becomes bowl eligible here the first week in November, uh, and they're going to beat Austin P. That there will be seven wins. Uh, uh, then that makes the Tennessee game be mighty important, uh, according to what happens with uh, with Florida, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Kentucky has quietly put itself in position that if things went just the right way, they could actually be playing for the uh, SEC championship representing the East. Um, I, you know, I. Georgia's probably got a better team than Kentucky. Statistically, Kentucky's a little better on offense. Georgia's better on defense. You generally go with a defensive team, but Kentucky's playing at home. Got a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, would not surprise me at all to see Kentucky win this game. Uh, certainly it'll be a big one uh, the, if the Wildcats became bowl eligible in November. And I'm going to tell you another one. It's not an SEC battle, but it is a big battle in the state of Tennessee because simply where this program is with Butch Jones now, running backs transferring during the middle of the season, and that's Tennessee's Tech going to Knoxville. This is a big one. You say must win, but I'm going to say it. It really needs to be a blowout volunteer victory. It does because this is not a good Tennessee Tech team. They're only won three ball games, even at their level. Uh, and Tennessee desperately needs to uh, to have a big showing here and get ready for the stretch run. You know, Tennessee's still got to play Kentucky. They have to go to Vanderbilt. Um, they don't have any room for slip-up. So I think it's got to be a big, big game for Tennessee. A lot of uh, understandable upheaval going on among the fan base at uh, Tennessee. Among a lot of disappointed fan bases in the uh, country this year, uh, Tennessee's right up there toward the top. Yeah, and we really sold out on Tennessee. I mean, I certainly did, and I thought that Butch Jones was the guy to write the ship, and I'm not ready to write Butch Jones off at this point, but we've talked about it before. The Southeastern Conference is just better when Tennessee is relevant, and again, Lynn, we keep talking about that word relevant. I thought they were going to be relevant this year, and they still could be if the cards played out right, but certainly not the season they had hoped for in Knoxville. Absolutely not. Yeah, relevance is one word. Expectations is another. And when you give expectations this high and yank the rug out from under a team, under a fan base that's had it yanked out from it so many times in the last decade, that's not a good thing. I tell you one game that really looking forward to watch, and really because first year post-DAC has not been good in Starkville, Mississippi. But Texas A&M now, the number four team in the land, traveling to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. And really, I think it's going to be a long afternoon for the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Yeah, I know we've probably got more Mississippi State fans in the audience than Texas A&M, so I apologize for this. But I see Mississippi State having no chance to win this game. 
Uh, I, I just it would it would take a set of circumstances so colossally bad that I can't imagine it. Uh, this is a historically bad year for Mississippi State, and Texas A&M finds itself at number four in the uh, first uh, poll, which you know, surprised a lot of folks. But uh, not really if you think about it. Uh, they've only lost to Alabama, and they beat Auburn. And now that's looking like a gigantic win since Auburn's also in the top ten uh, and, and one of the hottest teams in the country. So uh, congratulations to A&M. Great tribute to the SEC West uh, that you've got four uh, uh, SEC West teams in the top 13 and three in the top nine. It certainly is, and Texas A&M surprised people being ahead of the Huskies of Washington. Did that surprise you just a little bit? Not at this point. If Washington, if if Washington beats, I believe they still got to play Southern Cal uh, and and Utah and Washington State. If they win those three and then win their championship game to be a thirteen and zero Power Five champion, they're probably going to be in there. But at this point, no. Texas A&M's played a more difficult schedule than Washington, and um, and have shown up better. And and that's. Uh, you know, the, uh, the committee obviously took that into consideration. Well, I can tell you, this is Lynn Scarborough. Lynn takes you to 10 from Lindy's Magazine every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. And Lynn, the Missouri Tigers travel to Columbia, South Carolina to take on Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks. And to be honest with you, I thought that Kirby Smart would have a better year at Georgia than Will Muschamp has had at South Carolina. Boy, I couldn't have been more wrong. Absolutely. And this is a huge win. Missouri is one of the two SEC teams, along with Mississippi State, that in my mind has no chance to go to a bowl. The other 12 have a shot, and if South Carolina can beat Missouri, which I think they will, they will also beat Western Carolina in a couple of weeks. And even though they still got to play at Florida and at Clemson, South Carolina will be in a bowl game representing the SEC this year. That's a huge step for Coach Muschamp. Nobody expected that. So I like South Carolina to win the game, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them win it by a pretty comfortable margin. Well, the late Irk Russell thought that he would get to coach against Ole Miss when he was coaching at, you know, thought he might get an SEC job. But now his the team and program that he really put on the map, Georgia Southern, traveling to Oxford, Mississippi. And this is one that really is anxious to see how Ole Miss bounces back. All the injuries, everyone knows about the depth issues at Oxford. This is one needs to be a feel-good win for the Rebels. Yeah, it does. And they cannot afford to have a slip-up like uh, several uh, ACC teams have done this year against you know, lesser Sun division Bell teams. teams. Yeah, yeah o- Ole Miss has no room for flexibility. They only have three wins, and they got to play at Texas A&M. Now, if they could win there, that's a colossal game in what's going to happen in the Western Division. But if you assume Ole Miss loses to A&M in College Station, they got to beat Georgia Southern. they got to beat a dangerous Vanderbilt team in Nashville. And then they've got a whole uh, court against Mississippi State uh, at the end of the year in a game that would make Mississippi State season. So Ole Miss needs to win. They need to win handily, and they need to win without any injuries because they've got themselves now backed into a corner where uh, they have no flexibility if they're going to go to a bowl game. Well, from hot seat to coach of the year as what Gus Malzahn could find himself in as now his Auburn Tigers are number nine in the land, hosting Vanderbilt. And Lynn, years have shown me that the Auburn Tigers do not play well in the 11 a.m. kickoff game, cannot afford to mess this one up. The great season now after the early losses to Clemson and Texas A&M now find themselves in a great spot in the SEC West. Absolutely. Yes, if things went the right way, uh, Auburn actually could, could play in the Final Four at the end of the season. Uh, they fell the right way for them after the 14-point the loss at LSU in 2013. All the dominoes did go that way. I think it's too much to expect that the dominoes will go that way again for Auburn. But it's significant that the only two losses Auburn has 
is a very, very narrow loss to the number two team, Clemson, and a respectable loss to the number four team, Texas A&M. Vanderbilt's got a better defense than a lot of people realize, but they're not going to be able to compete with Auburn. Uh, Auburn's offense is too strong. Even even in the defensive categories where Vanderbilt is the strongest, Auburn's better than them, and Auburn's played a more difficult schedule, and Auburn's playing at home. So I don't see Vanderbilt winning the game, but people that think it's going to be a 25, 26-point runaway, like the line said, I will be surprised if that happens. But I would uh, be very surprised if Vanderbilt could win this game. Now, you've known me for years, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I know that you say that dominoes may not fall the way uh, they did back in 2013 for that Auburn team quarterback by Nick Marshall. But I will say something, that at that time, there was another Ed Orgeron held the interim title at USC and got a big victory and so there are some similarities and history has a way of repeating itself not saying it's going to but I'm just saying when Ed Orgeron is in an interim role it, it bodes well for the Auburn Tigers well, the, you know, when, you're, when you're in Auburn's position and you've got two losses you need to look for any small thing that might give you a psychological edge so we'll, we'll throw uh, Coach O into the mix there well, certainly, and that's a great segue into really, I think, a game where Coach Orgeron, Coach O, has a way of removing that interim tag. And I think that with the LSU victory over Alabama, you'll wake up and see on the Baton Rouge Advocate that the interim tag has been removed. But I certainly, I've seen all the hype videos. Certainly going to be a big one in Baton Rouge as number one ranked Alabama takes on LSU. Yeah, and I really expect, I mean, I, with all due respect to LSU fans in the audience, I think Alabama will win this ball game. And if Florida then could win up at Arkansas, then you've pretty well got the SEC championship game taken care of and Alabama-Florida rematch. I think it's very possible that Arkansas could knock off Florida up there and then leave it wide open with, uh, with the Kentucky-Tennessee game having a considerable uh, – uh, impact at the end of the year because Florida's still got to come to LSU. So Florida could lose that Arkansas and at LSU and totally throw that open. On the flip side, you've got a game this weekend just like the one in Fayetteville, so key to the East. The one in Baton Rouge is so key to the West. And, um, you know, LSU matches up well against Alabama defensively. When, when you look at the defensive statistics, everybody talks about Alabama being so great, and they are, but LSU's right in there with them. LSU, Alabama, Florida, and Auburn, all four are in the high defensive statistics around the country. The difference, I believe, is Alabama's balance on offense. Their passing game is, is solid. they got a versatile quarterback. Uh, LSU's running attack, even though Fournette's back, is still to statistically behind Alabama's. And Alabama's defense is so opportunistic. You know, you can have a turnover against most teams and you just change possession. Uh, you have a turnover against Alabama, you got a 50-50 chance that you change the scoreboard. Uh, they're the most opportunistic score on special teams and defensive team that I've ever covered in my 40 years of covering college football. So uh, I think that will be your difference. I expect it to be a close game. It would not shock me to see LSU win, but I think you got to lean toward Alabama. Well, and I look at things. You talk about that great defense, and I want to tell you, was not a drop-off at all. You bring in Jeremy Pruitt, who had his experience with Nick Saban before, bounced around, been at Florida State, been at Georgia for one year, took the opportunity to come home to the University of Alabama, and certainly made the most of it. And that's one where you always say, like, well, they won a national championship with whoever's players, whoever coached before him, such as Les Miles with Nick Saban. But I don't think you can make that because you didn't see – This defense performed that well. I know they're a year older, but Jeremy Pruitt's certainly been a difference maker with the Alabama Crimson Tide defense. Well, he has been, but I'm going to tell you a very interesting interesting thing here is I mentioned uh, uh, Auburn, LSU, and Alabama, all three being among basically the top ten 
uh, defensive programs in the country when you look across different statistics and, and scoring defense, red zone defense, third down defense, uh, uh, kick coverage defense, scoring defense, rushing defense, all of them, those are among the top teams in the country um, and lead the SEC in various categories. What do they all three have in common? They all three have a new first-year defensive coordinator. I, you know, I knew you would bring it. That's, that's what you do. You, you're exactly right. You know, I never thought about that before. But very, very interesting. And, 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 and look at where those guys were before. You know, LSU brings somebody in, and who do they play? Uh, Auburn brings somebody in, who do they play? And same with Alabama. So they bring in guys that are, that are brand new. Uh, they come in with immediate success. And you've got to figure that a lot of these guys that were on the teams last year were there last year. So these new offensive, uh, defensive coordinators have come in, taken those players, and, and raised the, uh, the performance level by those guys. So just a little interesting sidelight there that those three teams so strong defensively, even on the national scale, all have new uh, first-year defensive coordinators. Well, I think it's never good to be the guy that follows the guy. And I really don't think Kevin Steele had a, a – really not a – he had a great – a fair shake down in Baton Rouge. I think certainly coming to Auburn – he really didn't have the great response at Auburn either, but now I think that Auburn fans have certainly uh, fallen in love with the defensive style uh, led by Kevin Steele. But back to the LSU-Alabama game. And, Lynn, you've covered the Southeastern Conference for years, and I've been to every stadium. There is mystique in Tiger Stadium at night, a very difficult place to play, and now you've got a true freshman quarterback on the road. I think it will by far be his toughest place to play this season. Well, it will be, but, but historically, uh, uh, LSU has done as well or better in Tuscaloosa, and Alabama has done as well or better in, uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know uh, Alabama won uh, you know, for a number of years in a row. You go back alternately, and the, the game in Baton Rouge, Alabama's won the ball game. So LS, uh, LSU won down there, I think, in 2010 and, um, and maybe 2006. Uh, it's the only times they've done it in the last, like, 12 years. So... You know, while, while you're right, there's no question, playing a night game in Baton Rouge is a unique college football experience. But uh, Alabama has been able uh, more times than not to be able to overcome that and win on the road in Baton Rouge. Well, certainly, Lynn, you've done it again. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Have a, a great game today and get up in the press box and enjoy yourself and get to work. Yeah, look forward to another great day of SEC football. All right, Lynn, we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes, on Stitcher, or at redpeachsports.com.